When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, and for the first time in a very long time, welcome to... Oh, hang on, how's it go? I'm Matt Ford. Yeah? Are you, though? I think I am. Are you? There's less of me. Is there? But I'm still me. On behalf of everyone at Down the Dog, can I just say, where the fuck have you been? I've been in hospital, you (laughs) As you well know. um, What have you been up to, then? So, the strangest thing. I had cancer. Oh, I, do you know, I should have asked before now. Mm. Could I just apologise for, you said you needed a break from the podcast. I said, fine. You texted me yesterday and said, let's get it going again. I said, fine. What's been going on in the meantime? I haven't really bothered to ask. People who listen to the show will know, John, that that's not true, that you've been a, a very good friend throughout the whole thing. But yes, you may remember last summer, um, I was carping and bitching about having sciatica. And the cause of that was a cancerous tumour in my spine which now has been removed along with the base of the spine that it was on. For people interested in facts of these things, it was a sacral chordoma. That is a chordoma, very rare cancer. One in a million of us get it um, on the sacrum, that, that bottom, that, 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 that triangular bone on the bottom of the spine, and now the tumour has gone, but so has a large part of that sacrum. So um, I have a lovely big wound on my back that you've witnessed many times. Mm. And as in various result, stages. Oh, Oh. Would you like to say anything to Obviously, at the time we discussed your sciatica and we asked listeners for their advice, mm-hmm. none of them picked up on the possibility of a tumour. Their advice was I mean, useless, really, doesn't do it justice. It was, it was harmful, really, what they did to you by not advising you that it may have been a tumour. Would you like to reach out to any of the listeners who allowed you to go on living with that cancer for longer than you should have? <laughs> I never thought that this would start with us blaming um, listener blaming um, for for what happened. I mean, obviously, in all seriousness, if you got if you got anything wrong with you that is persistent, like get it checked because you never know. I would never guess this thing was cancer. Mm. So go and get stuff checked. And I know the cliche is that blokes are less likely, but anyone do it because you never know. And also. Be a bit pushy on behalf of yourself. Not that I needed to be. I saw excellent um, doctors, thanks to um, the National Health Service. But nevertheless, yes, it was cancer. The bone is gone. But so, John, were the nerves to my bladder and bowel. So now Mm -hmm. I shit into a bag and I have to stick a tube down my dick five (laughs) times a day. In order for myself catheterize um, five times it's a day. It's difficult to know whether, you know, obviously this is the first podcast back and it's, it's big news mm. for, for a lot of people. We may have new listeners. 
who are aware of what's happened to you and want to hear more. And obviously, these are the clips that get syndicated. Uh, I'm not saying we'll go BBC One, but obviously, you're quite a big deal in the Nottinghamshire area. You, perhaps the BBC Nottinghamshire might want to pick up. Matt Ford has opened up about his cancer treatment. <laughs> I think that syndication is less likely when you say, I stick a tube down my dick and I shit in a bag. It's obviously how okay. we speak to our listeners. But do, well, do you want to do something that they can use on Radio 4 or Desert Island Discs when they say, and Matt, here you are talking on the Down the Dock podcast about the effects of that operation. Well, I very now um, well adapted to the lived experience of um, having a stoma, living with the reality of that. Mm-hmm. Also with having lost the nerves to the bladder, the consequences of, of that decision. But I'm coming to terms with it. And every day when I have to perform those functions, I just think this is another day without cancer. And on to your next track now, which is, uh, of course, the seminal track, Lick My Back, Lick My Neck, Lick My Pussy, Lick My Crack. Talk to us about what that song did for you during those difficult days. Well, for me, it summed up the experience. Um, Not fully, um, but on a metaphorical level. I think it speaks to reassessing your relationship with faith. I know you're a very positive man and you've always spoken about, you know, trying to say the best in everything. I guess as a result of the stoma, licking your crack has probably never been a more appetizing prospect than it is at the moment. Absolutely right. Um, in fact, um, you know, I'm already working on a few party tricks. You know what, actually? <laughs> it's, it's funny you mention what you would do. To, I can't believe we're going into this now. In fact, yes, you it's can. only just reminded me. So basically, the day that I go into hospital to have the operation, so I, I go in and I think, I'm, sorry, oh man, can you hear that? Is that the hospital calling? No, it's my alarm and it simply says, piss. <laughs> I have to remind myself to piss. Basically because I don't have any nerves on my bladder now, I never feel the need to piss. So I have to set an alarm every few hours to make sure Are I piss. Are you going to catheterize live on the podcast? Not now, no, because I did a tactical cathetering. Um, I, I did a quick one before we started. I, I brought that piss forward um, and, mm-hmm. and the hospital are fine with that. Um, yeah, so when you go in, obviously the main thing on my mind is that they're gonna have this, I'm going to have this surgery on my spine to get rid of this thing. That's the thing that's going to take – that's the big thing occupying your mind is, is getting the cancer out. But before that, you have to go and see the stoma nurse and you have to mark on your tummy with an X – where you want the hole to be. You get to pick. Well, within a certain zone. Um, Go for the belly button, surely. Yeah, I mean, you can't just, like, have it coming out your neck um, or, or your back or the other places that you mentioned. <laughs> um, but anyway, you, you sort of go just to the side of the belly button, which I did. Um, and you, you literally mark the spot with an X with a permanent marker. And you're given a booklet. You talk it through with her about the realities of what's I mean, nothing can fully prepare you, obviously, but you are briefed on what's going to happen. You handed a booklet that answers a lot of questions. I was flicking through this thing, and there's like a frequently asked questions thing. And one of the things in it says, you cannot have sexual intercourse with a stoma hole. Oh. Which obviously means <sighs> that in the past, enough people have tried or indeed asked that question that it's... Mm. It counts as not just as a Q, but but an FAQ. FAQ. Crazy that anyone would think to do that. Um, so, um, kids, uh, if you've got a stoma, adults, if you've got one, you know, be be stoma safe. Maybe I'll be a, a stoma influencer from now on. I'll be the face of colostomy bags. 
certainly a spokesman for the community and you're very much saying don't fuck it yeah and also you know i, I can imagine myself doing them um, kind of maybe a, a kind of uh maybe not for tv but a sort of online thing like i'm full of shit and that's why i use colostomy bags <laughs> um i mean for if you want to know i mean i've told you all this the the, the surgery was in three parts the first bit was to to where the X mark the spot, create a stoma hole. Also, to cut me open at the front to um, wrap the tumour from that side so that when they cut me open at the back, it, I don't know, didn't just drop into my guts or whatever. <laughs> they flipped me over, so they've done that. Cut me open at the front, created a new bum hole coming out my belly. They flipped me over. They cut me open at the back. They remove the tumour on block with most of the sacrum. And then the third part is plastic surgeons create a muscle flap to fill the hole where the rest of the bone was that doesn't fill with fluid. And that muscle flap is basically, they pull the muscles up from my buttocks and from the side like curtains and fashion a thing and then stitch it all back together. So part of the reason why I still can't walk properly yet is my bum is in a different place. My my bum cheeks are a different shape. So the, the muscles in my legs have been rearranged. So I have to like train my legs to walk like normal people because they want to, they want to come together. Wow. Mad, isn't it? So t- t- you are um, up and about. Yeah, I'm on crutches, yeah. So uh, without crutches, I can't stand unaided. Uh, and I, I, I waddle at, like a toddler or, or like an adult that shit themselves. And I have plenty of experience in both. And um, yes, uh, but, the, but the improvements are coming, John. And I'm having physio regularly and I'm, I'm getting back into it. And we have waddled to a pub together. The dog. We've had a pint, haven't we? Oh, yes. Oh, in real life. Sorry. I thought no, in real this... life. Yeah, it's in real life. Yeah, just a few that, weeks you know, ago. We've waddled down the roads and had a pint, haven't we? Yes. And that was nice to sit in the pub all day and periodically have to go and catheter myself. But despite your jokes at the start, John, people should know that you've been a very good friend to me throughout this process. You were there at my, at my bedside many times. Well, it's an odd thing to we don't do PDAs, do we? But it's an odd thing to uh, to say it was a privilege is very odd because obviously I wish it hadn't happened to you. But it's always Thanks been for a clearing great... that up because some people had wondered. Yeah, there was a slight hesitation there as well, wasn't there? I, th- I think the hesitation was because it seemed an obvious statement, but it did make it seem like I was thinking about it. Do I? No. On the whole, I'm I'm sorry that you got cancer. Thank you. Um, I will say that. I'm very sorry that you got it at a time when half of the comedy circuit has also had cancer, which <laughs> no doubt had a knock-on effect on book deals and things. Um, but it's you I, I, you are an absolute inspiration. And to see the, the – I mean, listeners will get a sense, I guess, from the, the way that you talk about it now with humour and positivity and absolute frankness and honesty, um, that you are a different breed of person. But to see the way you – coped with the um the surgery and the aftermath and everything from the beginning you are quite simply one of the most exceptional people on the planet and i'm very oh, glad you're back and uh let that be the last nice thing i say to you <sighs> this year i care for you a great deal congratulations are forest getting relegated <laughs> oh i almost got emotional there john okay oh well, i'll push a bit further then oh. see if i can make you weep god Almost makes you realise what you've been through, really. I think when you're going through this thing, when you're the person, you just focus on um, the physical, you know, you're just enduring the physical um, reality of it, the pain or the discomfort or the healing or whatever. And then all of a sudden you sort of pop back home and and, and then you're getting better. But uh, I don't know. 
haven't really, really overly thought about it. Yeah. No, well, what you what you did magnificently was to, and obviously we cleared the podcast and we cleared everything else, and you you allowed yourself to step out of pretty much every aspect of day to day life and focus on the recovery. But even having said that, there is something you know inside you that allows you to cope with the day to day and the the steps forward and then the sets back and um it was absolutely unbelievable and and your demeanor you know how you how you were to visit and uh, caring of the people that were visiting you and their welfare and to see i'd say you learnt the names of at least three of the nurses and i know that meant a great deal to them the way you clutch your fingers at the others was always with compassion um Oh, that's more like it. There we go. He's back. Old shithead. Anyone worried? Perhaps they'll be really nice to each other now they've been through this. Nah. I will remain an absolute piece of shit. Thank you. Consolation uh, to anyone. Well, it helps a little bit. We, we can't completely sacrifice the dynamic that we have between us. Haven't really asked what I've been up to. What have you been up to then? No, it's fine. No, no, no. Don't worry. Let's do this one about you. <laughs> it's all about you on this podcast. Come I've just on, been then. pootling away. Been sat in the dog, dusting the bar, waiting for you to come back. That's what That's I've been doing. That's not true. You've been doing cats and stuff. Uh, I've been all right. Yeah, I've been all right. I did three loads of washing yesterday. Oh, lovely. Um, You good at football? I used it's to think you were tricky. That really, what I mm. am is, I am a very negative player. Now that will shock a lot of people who probably have me down as quite a creative, you know, sort of probably in a number ten in the hole, ruthless in the hole. What hey, I am is a... remember what I told you: don't try and fuck <laughs> Stoma. <laughs> oh, is that ruthless the new in my for hole. the podcast? We'd only just got used to uh, don't get up the cat, get down the dog. <laughs> I think we've got a, certainly a new contender now. Don't get up the cat and don't fuck your stoma. See you next time. <laughs> so you, you're negative. You, you pass back. Um, um, well, no, I'm a defender. I like shutting oh. down good moves. Russell Howard always used to refer to me as a spoiler. His, his thing is, you know, step overs and spins and all that and then whack it in the top corner. I'm there to make sure that doesn't happen. But you'd, you'd, you're a spoiler, so you'd, you'd stop that and you'd say, oh, it, Lisa shot Phil Mitchell. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to go with the other. contemporary spoiler <laughs> I could think of. You've been out Lisa a long time, Lisa shot Phil Mitchell. That I was, was going to Google that. That just happened when you went into hospital, hadn't it? That... <laughs> Let's have a look. Lisa shot All Phil time Mitchell. stops. Who shot I'm Phil? I'm going to say 1998. Bull crap. March 01. Was it? That as late as 01. 22 years. 23 years ago. Fucking hell. 1st of March. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I tell you what, <laughs> there will be people who were born when that happened who are now fully grown adults who didn't know that Lisa shot Phil Mitchell. So, oh. in a sense, you have spoiled it for them. If they ever choose to go back in time and relive early noughties EastEnders, oh, you can so rest sorry. assured you've ruined that for him. Wow. It's got who shot Phil has got its own Wikipedia page. It was such a big deal. Wow. Great fact here. William Hill said that around fifty thousand bets were made on who was responsible. And who were the other runners there? I can't um surely not Grant. Kathy. Um I guess a Mark Fowler, um Ian Beale, Steve Owen. Oh, my God. Listen to this. This is a great fact. The episode caused the third largest TV pickup power surge on record, and the Liverpool-Barcelona UEFA Cup semi-final was postponed for 15 minutes to accommodate a special 40-minute edition of The Soap. Wow. 
Fucking hell, that would never happen now. That is no. fantastic. Oh, my God. Here we go. So, my God. The other two that had beaten it on the national grid at the time, so this was the third highest power surge on record, beaten only by the 1990 World Cup final Oof. and the 1984 climax of the Thornbirds. What is the Thornbirds? You don't remember the Thornbirds? No, well, Richard... it climaxed when I was two. Yeah, my mum was obsessed with it. She had the book, and I think it's because... I'm just going to Google it, because it... The, the the actor in it was also in Man in the Iron Mask, and that was one of her favourite films. What was his name? Richard <laughs> Richard Chamberlain. Oh, yes. I can see why she liked it. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's a vicar with his... It's a priest. A randy his vicar. <laughs> randy, naughty <laughs> vicar. Oh, you bad, bad vicar. Crikey. <laughs> God, I tell you what. I feel um, overstimulated. It's both the strength and the weakness, I guess, of this podcast. It's sort of free-flowing, two guys shooting the shit nature. But you, you do wonder when you've had sort of four or five months off and one of you has been through life-altering surgery, how quickly you'll be discussing who shot Phil Mitchell. <laughs> and it turns out about 22 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. This is so much fun, isn't it? Great to be back down the dog. It is. I think every bloke enjoys going for a pee, um, particularly really thundering it out into the water so that it sounds like workmen are doing something. Um, whereas because it, a catheter now, when it comes out the end, it's it's just like a normal flow. You, I, I don't possess the, the nerve to control the muscle to really push it out. Mm-hmm. That's a pleasure I will never know again. And, and that that is the real price I've paid. Could you... Um catheterize into some sort of receptacle, maybe a bowl or a jug, then decant that urine into a super soaker and then unleash full force into the toilet. Yes, I could. In fact, the moment you said decant, I was like, great, I could get it into somehow into like a uh, balloon and then <laughs> squeeze that. <laughs> Lob it into the toilet from the living room. Do you know, there were some boys at a bus stop when I was growing up who pissed into a super soaker and would spray it at people. Oh, a sort of delinquent nonsense that has really brought that back. Yeah, would they? Would would one boy fill a super soaker, or would they sort of pass it around like a sort of dirty cup? I don't know. You'd want to be the first, wouldn't you? Oh, you'd want to go first, yeah. And it's it's quite a narrow opening, I think, on the valve of a super soaker, isn't it? Can you imagine? Don't dip it in. I guess the temptation to see the sort of technique involved in three lads filling a super soaker with piss is 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 second, really, to the need to flee a super soaker full of piss. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yes. Unless you're out in your galoshes anyway. I picture you as a little toddler in like those yellow like waterproof romper suits with your little wellies on. Saying, like Do Andy, you wish? <laughs> I mean, who, who would store the super soaker? Because every part of that has then been compromised, doesn't it? It's, it's really a one-shot yeah. deal. You wouldn't want to keep using it. A hell of a way to find it. out you've got a kidney stone as well. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would have to flush that through at night with, um, I was going to say, turpentine. I mean, although that would have done the job, I'm sure. Disinfectant. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, what I have noticed is, since my traumatic operation, I can't recall words as well. I'm just, a, I'm just a bit off the pace, but I think that may also be 
the opioids. It, it could be any one of those things. Yeah, well, you you know, you've you've not been uh, you've not been in performer mode, have you, for a while? You've no. quite rightly been um, focusing on the two main objectives, which have been your physical recovery and, no doubt, torturing your uh, wife. Um, I mean, I think she's been she's been very tolerant throughout this period, mm-hmm. but I've, I probably am doing her head in. But you <laughs> let's. Know. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, next week with all the regular features and your yeah. emails. But should we just discuss, because football, and this is, you don't want to sort of overplay it, but I, I, this was mind-blowing about your positivity going into the operation. You said, well, at least it's not the summer, so there'll be lots of football on. And I think it's for you to speak about, obviously, but I would say, like, having football to watch during your recovery was a it was like a, it almost had a palpable effect on your recovery, having that, oh, you know, something to do and watch. No question at all. Um, it, that was live football saved me. But also, I do remember coming around in uh, in intensive care. So, Forest have been amazing as a club. They've done a lot for me, and um, a lot of people there have been very, very kind. And I'm sure people would say the same of Steve Cooper. Well, he has been very kind. He got in touch with me beforehand and we've kept in touch and he would ring me and check how I was doing and stuff. And wow. a real humanitarian, um, which is mad. You know, the, the the manager of your club, as he then was, ringing you and checking in on you was an incredible level of care. And people at the club were getting in touch and so they basically right. treated me as if I was a member of staff. You know, I, I felt totally looked after by the club. And um, Stuart Pierce came to visit me in hospital multiple times, which was just surreal. He, he was a wonderful um, companion in hospital. Really brilliant company. He, Any other leads, lads, get in touch? Tony, you boy, send you a text or... No, sorry, John. No, I'd love to say they had. I mean, if they had and I hadn't told you by now, what a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all there. The whole squad came in and they learned a barbershop routine. But yes, football was a big deal. I have to say, when I I was. I was on a lot of stuff down in intensive care morphine, fentanyl, all sorts. I don't really remember a lot about it. What I do remember is I would nod off very quickly and I would have these long, um, incredible, vivid dreams, often about Jack Grealish in real, like, Technicolor. It was like they were um, almost like when he would move, it was almost like a Jackson 5 video. (laughs) And there were, like, floral arrangements would come. It was like this mad psychedelic thing. And then I'd open my eyes, and I thought I'd been asleep for about five hours, and it would be, like, less than a minute. I was like, I've been in another world... And then I remember the Forest Luton game was going on while I was uh, recovering. I remember just getting awake just in time for... And then Luton equalised. What was it, 2 Fuck, yeah. And that that was more painful than anything else I had to enjoy in there, John. When I say that, <laughs> I don't mean it. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. I did follow Forest results more closely than usual, you know, knowing that they were actually linked to your well-being and, mm. and how how quickly you recovered from surgery. I almost wanted Forest to win sometimes. Well, I think I think you do want Forest to win. and uh... I do want Forest to win, not least because there is a possibility that we'll get promoted this season. If we don't, I think we'll be the best team ever to not get promoted from the championship. Um, so you're now getting bullish because the last time I spoke to you, you, you were like, oh no, it doesn't matter. I'm not sure. Now you are second in the championship. You're only nine points behind Leicester. I mean, who would have thought? Leicester to play on Friday night. Imagine oh, that. We've beaten them at theirs. Up. 
can we beat them at ours? I, I don't... Um, Are you going to go? Uh, I can't go, no. I'm away, sadly. I will be watching, um, wishing the lads well. Our, our, our consistency in the change in our form under the wonderful Farker has been, you know, just a joy to watch. And our away form, which has been the sort of uh, weakness of the squad, you know. Do you know, we, we played Plymouth for six and a half hours this season. <laughs> just Plymouth alone. That's how much football there is in the championship. We've played Plymouth for six and a half hours. Oh, boy. It's bonkers, isn't it? They're just a joy to watch. We've sorted out the problems in defence. We've, we've sort of done what Leicester have done, that we've actually now got a better team than the one that got relegated from the Premier League. Um, I'm so, so happy. I think you'll come up, and I think we will stay up, and I we will yet again up. make magic together. Well, plans are afoot in the next few weeks, aren't they, for us to watch both Leeds United and Nottingham Forest together. They are. Uh, Let's which... hope, John, that those plans can be realised. Um, um, and that next season we can watch them at the same time. Well, Playing each other, I mean. Not like you you on one Zoom link and me on another, but like be in a stadium where both our teams are playing each other in the Premier League. Yes, because we, well, we've discussed this many times. We've been to Forest Leeds games before, but never in the Premier League. Um, yes, I, lots of people did get in touch um, over the over the time that uh, we were away, um, asking when the podcast would be back. A number of um, oh, I'm glad they did. People tweeted me and stuff and emailed. Yes, we had some Thanks tweets and emails through the uh, thank you very much official that. channels. Do get in touch with anything you'd like us to discuss next week. Really, what I would like to know is what you think it means that Matt Ford's drug-induced uh, post-spinal operation fever dreams were about a shimmering Jack Grealish. I would really like to know what 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 listeners think that means. Do you think he knows? Do you think? Do you think word will reach the ears of Jack Grealish that Don't you were, can I say, fantasising? Uh, no, but you can say Grealish, which uh, is news to anyone who's heard any of the previous episodes <laughs> of this podcast. Incredible. Jack, yes. We've all, I've been working on that solidly. Grealish. Jack, the minute, Jack Grealish. The minute you took your um, holiday, shall we call it, from the podcast, time off, I have just said the word Jack Grealish repeatedly for the last four months. Fantastic so, Hasn't been ideal for the people around me, but I've, I think I've got it. I think I've got it right now, haven't I? Price worth paying. You've done it. You've nailed it. I am looking forward to having some more pub dogs. Oh, of course. Yeah, send in your pub dog. Do we want a dog that's had an operation? Um, I for, guess that would appeal to the judges. Back? Yeah, email us at hello at, uh, hello at downthedog.com um, with your pub dogs. I saw a three-legged dog the other day. Oh. Always hard, isn't it? Oh, the poor little thing. Do you think it knows it's sorry three legs? Oh, it knows. It was like a greyhound as well. So, you know, I'm not saying it misses its leg more than one of those little sort of ground-dwelling dogs. But um, it was really sort of wobbling because they're very narrow, aren't they? So, you know, the casters are, are not set as wide. I'm thinking of no, the old right. TV units they used to wield in in primary school when you would get to watch a video, but it meant they had to wheel in like a fucking pretty much a a block of flats on legs that was the you know, TVs of the 1980s. But how wide, the strong the casters must have been on that to support that weight and the weight of the uh, VHS unit. Some dogs are like that, and there was Greyhound is a very narrow beast. The words you're using here, casters. Mm. Um, what else? 
what was it, VHS? These are words that are just obsolete. Says the man who's just fucking Googled who shot Phil Mitchell. Oh, fucking Google it. I remember it. (laughs) Jesus. Having a go at me for that. Not allowed to use the words VHS, and you're hitting the topical high point of who shot Phil Mitchell. I wasn't having a go at you. I was just saying it was a societal change I was commenting on. If anything, it was a compliment. Here's a quiz question for you. (laughs) What came first? Who shot Phil Mitchell or who shot Mr. Burns? Uh, Oh, is that from The Simpsons? Yes. I'm going Mitchell. Came first? Yeah. 2001. Yeah. Who shot Mr. Burns? Ed, in September 1995, six years adrift, and I could have told you that because that was uh, our second year of high school. I had a maths teacher called Mr. Burns, and on the front page of the TV Quick magazine, the headline was, Who Shot Mr. Burns? And I cut it out for him and brought it in to give him at the end of a lesson because I was a little sucker. It's the sort of thing I would have done. How was it received? Uh, it was received uh, with great affection. Um, I, I look back now and I think, oh, sad little boy. Oh. But I also that year called Mr. Davis mum. So <laughs> there was a lot going on for me emotionally at that time and I think I just wanted a couple from a teacher. He was dressed as a, to be fair. <laughs> he was. And he was on my settee eating my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it just left your dad. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was dressed uh, in his usual brown corduroy, you know, tweed, that's it. Oh, Mr. Davis. Only oh, ever detention I got. Only detention I ever got, Mr. Davis, but it was a class detention and he knew I hadn't really done anything, so let me leave early. That must have made you popular with the other boys. Yeah, absolutely. See you later, suckers. <laughs> Guess what? Da, da, I'm the da, one da, who da. snitched. <laughs> Yeah, and Mr. Davis, if you want to know where that super soaker is now, it's in the top drawer of your filing cabinet, (laughs) and it needs a rinse. (laughs) Oh, John, it's good to be back, isn't it? It's good to have you back. Um, Double episodes next week, as per usual, uh, and I believe plans are afoot for the drinking of the 20-year-old can of Fosters from our successful feature, What's the Oldest Thing in Your Cupboards? Following which... I think probably I'll have a little spell in hospital. <laughs> it's time for you to get cancer, and you'll be able to follow that live uh, on Down the Dog. So we will... A few <laughs> times in your life you can say that. I reckon even even in our friendship there'll come a time when that's not appropriate. So it's a really savour and enjoy the chance to end a podcast with the phrase, <laughs> I think it's time you got cancer. You know what it is? I'm aware that I'm basically in a sort of golden zone that won't last oh, forever. absolutely. But I'm aware I'm in it, so I'm like, oh god, there's only a, there's a grace period where I can. Um, I made it sound like that was a person. You know, I get told that I emphasise grace um, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, I should have said grace period. I was like, there's a grace yeah. period where it's like it made it sound like I knew someone called Grace. Um, I, I get told that I emphasise the wrong um, syllable. And now say, you've said it, it's all I can hear. What? <laughs> well, now you said it. I've been told I emphasise the wrong syllable. <laughs> the wrong syllable. No, but I say, people pick me up on the way I say yesterday, or... Um, <laughs> well, that's wrong. You don't say it like yeah, that, well, do you? That's just an example. I don't know. It, 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 it gets brought up a lot. Um, okay. So anyway, but I'm aware that, that I'm in a... a a, a grace period where I can <laughs> say basically what I want. 
And I'm you aware that well. this period will end, but I don't know when. I don't know when. I think I would just feel it. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't next week you do? Why don't next week you do a character called Grace Period, and we'll find out if that period has ended. Because I tell you what, I imagine Twitter will respond very quickly if the <laughs> Grace Period is over for you. Yeah, I don't think I should test it on Twitter. I think um, I, I think Twitter's possibly the worst place. Yeah, no, it, it, funny. I, I I started doing one of my other podcasts this what? week on the, the political party. You came back to that one first, did you? Coincidental timing. Just Probably had a big them. guest lined up, did you? Someone like Blair or Bernie Sanders. And Lee Anderson, the Conservative MP for Ashfield. And what was Fuck really funny you was... You binned me off for Lee Anderson. Bin you off, actually. I was at your fucking bedside, filling up your little water bottle, making small <laughs> talk, laughing at your shitty jokes. Oh. And the minute fucking Lee Anderson texts, your knickers around your ankles. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 no. Hold on. No. Unbelievable. He tried to arrange this. Oh, right when you couldn't do it. This is only late because you, not me. I heard you back out now, boozer, on your crutches. Why don't you have me on your fucking podcast talk about politics and shit? Bin that fucking little ball bastard off. <laughs> anyway, obviously the last few times that I've been on Twitter, people have been very nice and I'm so sorry about what's happened to you and, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you're back and all this sort of stuff. You know, oh, you know, there are positives to social media. So I put it out earlier today, and it's like people going, I'm glad you're back, but I wish you hadn't had that bastard on. It's just like, what? How can you in one hand? Here we go. Someone said, oh, Matt, it's great that you're back. I'd rather have my own colostomy bag fitted than listen to five minutes of this. Oh, that's um, deep, because that's that's targeted right at you. Yeah, there was so much of that. And, and I people going, imagine as well, it's risky as well. You know people who can do that. Why don't you get back in touch with them and say you're booked in next Thursday? The others, welcome back. Great to see and hear you again. You think, oh, lovely. People are being nice because I've had cancer and spinal surgery. If it's okay with you, though, I'd rather listen to an hour of the Cheeky Girls on repeat, accompanied by someone running their nails down a blackboard than Lee Anderson. Look forward to the next episode. She's like, mate, you, you just don't say anything. Mm. It's, not, it's not the way, though, is it? Welcome back, Matt. Good health, but I'm giving this a very wide berth. Okay. Cheers, mate. Good to be back. Should we not tweet the way back, then? Seems like you're actually... Uh... You're not as popular as you were. I think, if anything, this has made you less popular. Yeah, the more I, the more people see of me, the less they like. It's a very <laughs> unfortunate, very unfortunate um, affliction for someone trying to sell tickets. Congratulations to Sophie Ridge, who is uh, sixty points clear at the top of the celebrity. Uh, <laughs> Sophie Ridge, who is sixty. <laughs> she doesn't look it. Thursday, fifteen hundred and thirty-nine points. She is almost a hundred behind the leader of our fan league, who is Craig Fisher with his team Chicken Tikka Mo Salad. Oh, a pun! When we were doing Mo Salad Cream. Why don't we think of chicken tikka masala? So much yeah. better than what we came up with. Send in your pub dogs. Uh, send in suggestions for. Are you up to um, a bit of animal weapon location? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll be back next week with a couple of episodes, and uh, we'll be back on with another slice as well. That's right. Which is exciting, um, isn't it? With with the the lock in episodes. Um, also, you know, we, you know, I'm now. I think I count as disabled now. Now that I've got a stoma. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm going to use this platform for good. Um, let me know if you've got a colostomy bag. Um, colostomy corner. We could have. Oh, we could have a disabled area. I tell you what, I went to a pub at the weekend, and the disabled toilet was foul. It was absolutely appalling. You going to name and share? The Burlington. I'm never going there again. Central London. 
and they'd put a they'd put a chair over the bowl. And then just as I'd gone in, they like knocked on the door. I was like, hello. They said, oh, it's, it's not a disabled toilet. We use it as a storeroom. I said, it was a disabled toilet two weeks ago when I was last here. I said, oh, the flush doesn't work. I said, well, I think you have to provide a disabled toilet. And they went, oh, well, the flush works. We're just using it to store things. I was like, well, can I use it or not? Oh, man. Really does my head in. So, And I'm not even in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Anyway. I'm sure they'll have you on last leg anyway, mate. You don't need to pitch, <laughs> need to pitch on the podcast. Just drop them yes. an email. Uh, Dan the dog is, of course, DDA compliant. We have a shimmering disabled toilet um, mm. for people to use. And, um, yeah, let me know if you want to come sit in Colostomy Corner. It's the poshest bit. It's the VIP area. Um, it's the VIP area. Um, <laughs> so you can come, which actually is a product that I've been using, by the way. VIP? Oh, is that yeah, the stuff yeah. that forms like a film over the top of your toilet bowl? It is. So the, when, the smell. That's right. Um, and people use people use it for that. But what you can also use is if you've got a colostomy like me, and you don't want the room to smell and you're changing it, you can spray it in the air. Um, the the VIP that is. Um, so um, yes, uh, colostomy corner. Let us know if you've you know if you're part of the colostomy club or um, part of the Cordoma club. Very rare, one in a million. So uh, wow. at least ten of our listeners must have it. Um, <laughs> you're all right. Talking up the product, get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let us know. Going to shine a it's light. Good on to have you back, old friend. Good to have you back too. Um, and I'm so glad that you had my back when I was in there, John. You you looked after me well. You would cuddle me at night. That was you, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what what are the two catchphrases now? Don't get up the cat. Get down the dog. And the other one was what? Don't fuck your stoma. <laughs> I feel like you should say that one. Coming from me, it sounds, you know. Don't fuck your stoma. Bye. Or anyone's stoma. That's right. That's more the point. Don't fuck stoma. You'd be, I mean, you'd be hard pushed to fuck your own stoma, wouldn't you? Yes, depending on where you'd put the X. I mean, if you'd placed it a bit lower down as a, as a perk for yourself, that, that booklet would have been terrible. <laughs> you? you reckon anyone's ever done that? Sort of, give me a minute. Just sort of worked out the drawn like a little semicircle where it reaches anywhere in there love oh man oh god is that we're ending this i think it is i I think it can't be can it um let's just say let's end on something nice let's talk about sherbet or something all right um do you like sherbet love it but i've not had any lately have you um yeah not 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 too long ago it's one of the perks of having a seven-year-old i'll let her buy it i knew she wasn't gonna like it it was a swizzle stick. Oh, you know, brilliant. You get the cherry flavour and the uh, orange flavour and the little yeah. stick on the end, which oh, was never the right thing to be dipping in sherbet. Why not? In my opinion. Well, the stick itself is not absorbent enough to sort of get That's enough. Right. You're meant to get it wet first and it sticks to it. I know, but I don't like even my own spit. I don't like licking my swizzle stick and then sticking it in and then licking it again. There's, how many times can you lick your own stick? Given that the last conversation was about and we tried to clear the air, <laughs> we've done a real bad job of... I just said I don't like, like licking my own swizzle stick. <laughs> and, you know, surveys that I've done have suggested not many people want to lick my swizzle stick either. So I don't think I'm saying anything remotely controversial there. And actually, the face you pull... When you ingest a lot of sherbet, it's very similar to the face that has been pulled by anyone who has had the misfortune to lick my swizzle stick. We'll see you next week. Do you want to lick John's swizzle stick? Email us. <laughs> Hello at downthedog.com. Ian Jury and the dickheads. Bye.
Bye.